Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Woolies. How is everybody doing? KPFT FM 90.1 FM salutes you. Anyway, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. But before I even get started, I want to make sure to remind you all that next week, or actually the end of this week, we're going to be back in fun drive mode. And while we are there, we want you to make sure to keep this wonderful station alive. But today isn't fun drive, but you can get an early start. Go to kpft.org and get busy. Anyhow, we have a great show for you today. The title of the show is Our Personal Economic Success Depends on Unchaining Our Minds from What We Have Learned. I want you to take that in. I'm going to repeat that una vez más, one more time. Our personal economic success depends on unchaining our minds from what we have learned. Subtitle is, a caller to our Politics Done Right uh, program got me into thinking about why we continuously fall prey to the small number of psychopaths that spend their time figuring out how to take all we have earned. I know that sounds kind of tough. Sounds kind of tough. But it's so true. Sounds sort of tough, but it's so true. Anyhow, folks, um, you know, the way I wrote it in, in the newsletter today, I think that may, I don't know if that's a grammatically correct sentence, but anyhow, I'll figure that out later on and fix it up later on. Because I wrote, a caller to our politics and write, uh, got me into thinking about why we continuously fall prey to the small number of psychopaths spend their time figuring out how to take all we have earned. And I think I should have said that does that. Anyway, folks, we have a great show for you today. Please give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Last Monday, we had a lot of calls because... Um, I think the subject lent itself. We spoke about gasoline and oil companies, and we're going to touch on that again, but I want to take it a, a bit deeper when I speak about this. And I would really like to hear all of your opinions. And the reason I want to hear this is, as I mentioned, we are all indoctrinated, all of us are, myself included. And all indoctrination, however, isn't bad. I mean, if it's doing positive things for society, so what, right? We have a society where we learn that we get up and we work between, the most of us, that is, we work, most of us have a work period of eight to five or whatever, and we get up and we do it. And we, we like clockwork, we do these kind of things. That's a certain level of indoctrination. We get up and work every day. We work with, I mean, that's a certain level. And, and it's not a bad thing. It works, right? But there are other types of indoctrination that is detrimental. And some of that indoctrination that is detrimental, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't seem so uh, in the short term, but over time, you get the results of it. And that caller that called in really triggered me. And when I say triggered me, I'm, I'm talking about in a positive way. In other words, how am I... How can I modify a message to, to make someone open to at least listen to 
I don't want to say truth, though it is truth, but an alternative to what they have learned all of their lives. Living in America, there are certain things we've learned. Living in China, there are some things that they've learned. Living in Panama, there are certain things that we've learned. In coming to the United States, uh, I got here at an early age in my uh, late teens, actually to go to college, that is. And I came with a lot of the baggage that a fairly conservative thinking society with respect to certain issues like, um, like uh, gays and women's positions in, in the world, etc. I had to come over here and re got myself re-indoctrinated into not being a homophobe, into not being a sexist, into all these kinds of things that are endemic in the culture that I'm from. So, you know, you make the change. First, the change is psychological. It's in the mind, but then it reaches the heart. Of course, all of that occurs in the mind, supposedly, right? But it reaches to the point where there's muscle memory and that's how you act. You're no longer a homophobe. You're no longer a sexist. My goal in life as a political activist now is to make or to try to encourage others to unindoctrinate themselves from an entire loyalty to a corporate system that actually harms and that takes away even if it does it in an antiseptic manner, our dignity, our freedoms, and all the works under the pretext of some ordained way things are supposed to operate. So my goal is, my goal is to tell folks, you don't need anyone to empower you within yourselves, within your inner being. You are already empowered, so why not use it? I'm going to tell you where this breakdown came from. Good morning, May Wood from Southern California on the internet. Welcome to Politics Done Right. A few days ago, or let me repeat the title of the show, One Personal Economic Success Depends on Unchaining Our Minds from What We've Learned. A caller to her Politics Done Right got me into thinking about why we continuously fall prey to the small number of psychopaths that spend their time figuring out how to take all we have earned. Folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. <clears throat> Again, the number is 713-526-5738. So, a few days ago, a KPFT 90.1 FM supporter called in objecting to my characterization of oil company executives and their businesses. I wonder if the caller was attempting to soften my resolve and uh, that and that of those who would call out oil companies and other inhumane actors. Why do I believe that? Several times he made it clear he was a donor and that my narrative frustrated him. I want to stop right there. For all the donors of KPFT, KPFT thank you so kindly. And we want you to keep giving and we want you to keep supporting great music, great psychedelic, uh, psychedelic type 
activities, music, all these things that you can't get elsewhere. Thank you for supporting that and keep supporting that. But also, thank you for supporting free speech. The great thing about after getting this call is the amount of calls we got in support, not necessarily everything that I said, but in that I said it. And they were happy that there is a place on the dials that we can actually in, have meaningful discussion. If you, if you listen to the tape, and I have it inside of the newsletter, if you listen to the segment, you notice that one side of the segment really was entertaining, true dialogue, and the other side of the segment was mostly, I don't like what you're doing, I am a donor, as if that should mean we cater solely to those who are able to donate. Isn't that what our system proves right now? Pay for play? Isn't that what it is right now? Anyhow, continuing. Why do I believe that? Several times he made it clear he was a donor and that and my narrative frustrated him. I respectfully tried to entertain a dialogue, not just for him, but for our audience, who I respect dearly. Most importantly, my goal is always to remove any misunderstanding or mischaracterization of both my position and any position or anyone opposing my position because I respect us all. Ironically, it is amazing how similar our opinions become when we remove those miscalculations, misunderstandings, and mischaracterizations that so many in the plutocracy depends on us to fight each other with. Mischaracterize, misinform, disinform. And what we get is we get what we have in America today, a polarized society. We, society never agreed with each other, but we were not polarized as we are today or as we had during the Red Scare, etc., it is time for us to take control and change that. I'll continue with that after I bring uh, P.O. Zat into the conversation. P.O. Zat, come on in. P.O. Zat, you're on. Mr. Egberto? Yes, this is Egberto speaking. Sir, I'm watching your program. I think I'm a little behind. Hold one second, because I can't hear you well. Um, can, can you, let me see if I'll turn up my mic. And could you here, put your mouth closer to about that? that? I took off my speaker. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I served in in the Gulf War. Mm -hmm. I was poisoned there. Mm -hmm. It took me oh probably twelve years to get my benefit. Yes, I lived under bridges. I was run out of parks by the police mm -hmm. because it was raining. And I tried to use the pavilion for cover while I sleep. Mm -hmm. They put me out in a foxhole. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Mm -hmm. I've been there a lot. Mm -hmm. Sir, Joe Manchin is my senator. Mm -hmm. This is a coal baron, a brutal coal baron, mm -hmm. who does not care a damn for the people of this state. We mm -hmm. all know this. And I don't know how he can lie to us the way he does on TV and run from us every time we try to speak to him. I'm a little upset about the way things are in my state, 
and very, very sick of what's going on in this country. I served this country very hard, sir. I worked hard. We all worked hard. Everybody, the people that I didn't even like that were in the war with me, we worked together. Sir, we cannot work together in this country, and there's no reason for it. We have right-wing Nazi nuts controlling things, even here in hillbilly land, sir. Uh, you're in uh, West Virginia, correct? Yes, sir. Well, first of all, the, the one thing, and a lot of people always look at guys like you and say, thank you for your service. And after they say thank you for their, their service, you have to beg for 12 years to get your VA. You have to beg to, to have a, a, a place to sleep that you can afford. You have to beg for all these things in society. When the same people that are telling you all these other things, they're living on their boats as is, as is uh, mansion right now. He lives on a nice luxury boat in the bay. Uh, yes, as, sir, Maserati as well. And he drives a Maserati as he tries to hold back social programs for people who have served the country to allow those in power, including the executives of our private corporations, to exist because absent your service, absent you going overseas and serving, they couldn't really rip off the other countries that they rip off for the riches that they have. So, I mean, sir... Uh, first of all, when I when somebody like me tells you, thank you for your service, know that it's coming from the heart and that it's real. And the things that I support on this program is to make sure that folks like you are made whole. And that hey, that's what it's all Mr. about. Mr. Egbert, yes, sir. I thank you kindly. And, and every one of these programs I watch who fight for the real people in this country against the bastards that are choking us brother uh and that's what i intend to keep doing uh no matter where no matter what no matter you know no matter whatever people have to say because like i mentioned for the show that we're doing today we have to first get a change in the minds of the masses because right now we have been we are under the control we're it's like many of us are under a spell we are we are supporting the we, we we continuously fight for those who oppress us and notice i'm yes sir and 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 we have to change that mindset that mindset and those are the things i hope to slowly not when i say i i'm not speaking about i egberto i'm speaking about those of us out here doing this kind of work yes sir and our other senator is mckinley Right. What kind of help is that for anybody? Right. Well, you know, sir, let me let me tell you uh, that most Americans, and when I say most, I'm talking north of 70% of Americans, they support policies that you would hear us articulate here all of the times. And the thing about it is to make Americans believe that they don't have to settle, that they can, they have the right to elect those who will effect those kinds of policies, uh, Pio. So, um, anything else you want to add before before I, I continue with the with the program? But I'm very happy that you called in. Thank you. Hello, West Virginia. Thank you, thank you so much, Egbert. All I have to say is, I certainly take your thanks for my service very seriously. I believe in you, and thank I think, and I in like you. you will believe in us. I believe in you, brother. Thank you so kindly for calling, okay? Yes, sir. Great day, brother. You too, brother. Have a good one.
All right, continuing with the continuing with the uh, program here, I have. Uh, oops, I think we may have lost somebody. Just give us a call back anytime we drop. Just give us a call back at seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Again, that is seven one three five two six five seven three eight, and we will get to you on air. Hit that number two, and we'll put you on here. Uh, Brother Jules Ray Winfield is in the chat. He says, good morning, hermano. Hope you're handling the cold weather okay. No, I'm not. It's cold. I'm from Panama. Esto está frío. Estoy, estoy enfriándome. <laughs> All right. Jules Ray also says, I heard that caller so sad that the public condones oil companies gouging us for petty gains when their products are a necessity. Vulture capitalism. We're going to talk about that necessity and why I say what I say. But thank you for bringing that up, Jules. And he says, if it is cruel, and if you cannot see, maybe you condone the cruelty. What happens is we uh, there's this test that be, that's been done uh, where they put somebody, put a whole bunch of people in a room, and they make believe that uh, telling them to turn a dial and shock somebody uh, to see how far people would go to follow rules to hurt another human being. And what happens that you see a lot is we are a society, peer pressure and command-taking type folk. And we would do it, shock our fellow human being when told by somebody we consider an authority figure. We have got to change that. And that is, and we're empowered to do that. Uh, and thank you, Ray, for saying you like the way I, I flip the script. I try my best. You know, that's the way we communicate. Thank you so kind. All right. Continuing with the second paragraph of our, uh, of our essay, the caller attempted to silence me, claiming to be a donor to our radio station. He took exception to my disdain for the oil company executives and my willingness to entertain their nationalization to stabilize prices for the legally robbed Americans. Realistically, that is the most optimal solution to resolve their greed using a resource we all own. It's our resource that we are made to pay for indefinitely. Go ahead and let's bring Jack in before I continue. Thank you, Jack. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing well today. Talk to me. Um, I'm getting the feedback. Oh. But uh, I'll try to go ahead. Okay. Are, do you have your okay. radio up, sir? It, it's all the way down. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I guess it was, I guess it was just a little on. Okay. Okay, um, about your, when you first said about uh, the psychopaths and pants, mm -hmm. I tell you what, this is too confusing. I can't, I can't deal with the feedback. I'll call back on another line. Okay, thank you very much. And, you know, I always okay. talk about us having not, not a, a great staff here, a great set of people. I was trying to remember the experiment, and the Milgram experiment is what it's called, the one where they shot the folk. And thank you very much, Howard, for, you know, for finding that for me. I always, uh, I always forget the name of these darn experiments. Yes, yes. It's true. Right. They will shock them. Yeah. It's true. They'll shock them all the way until they don't respond. Right. It's amazing that humanity can do that, right? Well, it's under an authority figure. Right. And a lot of people think that politicians are authority. And that is what we have to get away from. Exactly. That is what we... Thank you, brother. For Criminals in suits. Ah, I like that one. Criminals in suits. All right, folks. Um, 
let me, let me continue, and then we, when the other person comes in, I'll go to you. It says as follows. The caller called my comments ludicrous and simplistic for considering the nationalization of oil companies to stabilize prices. He said that I was espousing hate upon the oil company workers. I pointed out that my disdain applied only to the executives who are parasites sucking every dollar they can from the masses because they can. They take the ground rules of our economic system to its maximum inhumaneness, that being pricing to whatever the market will bear and the maximization of shareholder value and executive compensation and bonuses. That is what we got to get from. Bring on Jack again. Let's uh, talk. Come on, Jack. Is that better? Uh, let's see. Talk to me, no, Jack. Is it no, better? It's not, it's not better. Is that your cell phone that you're using, Jack? Yeah. Um, I, I, Cuz, I don't think that's on our side. Are you hearing yourself or? Yes. Um, if, can you deal with it or do you need to call back? Try again. Maybe call from uh, another phone. No, it's hard to keep my thoughts organized with it. Uh, I'll call back another time. Okay. Well, look, um, I, I tell you what, we are on the chat also. You can also go to the chat if you want to, but uh, go ahead and, uh, and call back if you have to. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jack. All right, continuing. So, they take the ground rules of our economic system to its maximum inhumaneness. That being, pricing to whatever the market will bear. What does whatever the market will bear means? Whatever the market will bear means, I will take, I will price my product. I'll keep raising the price of my product. And if it's a product that you must have, gasoline, electricity, Gas for your stove. If it's a product you have got to, got to, got to, got to have, you will have to pay whatever you have left. If you have to take out a loan, if you have to go into your savings, if you have to, uh, of course, the income from your work. It is caused this way. It means whatever the market will bear. And they know what the market will bear up and until they take it all. That's what the market will bear. That means no ability to raise assets for yourself, no ability to build a nest eggs, becoming just a renter. And I've spoken to several economists who talks about us devolving from an owner society into a renter society. Let's bring Jane in to, and then we'll continue. Come on in, Jane. How are you doing this morning, my dear, beautiful I'm Jane? I'm doing fine. I'm Great. Talk to me, Jane. I think I spoke to you on Monday, right? Yes, you did. How are you, you doing, my beautiful lady? Yeah, you put a lot of things in my head, and I spent the last two days doing a lot of reading. I love you for that. You. Thank you. And um, I am not against nationalism. Wow. But, I love you, girl. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am for capitalism and the oil wells, oil, oil companies. Now, I'll tell you why. Yes, tell me why. Now, from what I have read, not only in the history, and I'm not going to get into this history stuff all over. Everybody can read the history of nationalism. Yes. Most of the times, it is extremely successful, including here in the United States, who has done national, nationalizing various things, Amtrak, right. a couple of banks that were failures, and on and on and on, and and including the most recent is the car companies like right. GM, who was almost ready to go bankrupt. In other words, time of crisis, right. 
uh, in a developing company like uh, a country like India right. that nationalized various things in order to get where they are today in right. their economic status. Mm-hmm. The United States economics are very hard to understand, and it's it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Nationalizing everything in the United States... We don't want to do that. ...because we don't want to do that is correct. Right. We have to be select right. which ones need the government help. When the government takes over, they take over the debt. They take over what is owed. And in order to pay that debt, they go to other companies and borrow the money to pay for that debt to get that company back uh, back together again. Mm-hmm. It's also very uh, needed in the time of war and in time of crisis, mm-hmm. such as hurricanes, tornadoes, et cetera, et cetera. And 9-11-2001. Yes, the United States government under the TSA took over all the airports in this country under security. Mm -hmm. All of the nationalizations that the United States did were temporary. Mm -hmm. They weren't permanent. Right. They were temporary. Right. Where problems lie in various countries, and I'm not going to mention, I'm going to go in there, and I've been to those countries, Mm -hmm. uh, including in South America. Mm -hmm. The oil takeovers Mm -hmm. by the government did not totally help the people in the long run because right. it was permanent. It was not temporary. Mm-hmm. So it squashes innovation. It squashes exploration. Mm-hmm. It, it also encourages more greed and and uh, scam operations, I guess. I don't know what to call it, mm-hmm. but it's when people are taking even more. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, IRS. Mm-hmm. That's my big beef with IRS. But anyway, they are operated by the government. Another company that is operated by the government is the U.S. Post Office. And you know their history. And they've gone downhill from private originally into government control on a permanent basis. It's not working. Okay. Let me me ask you to posit a few things. First of all, I'm glad that we're somewhere meeting kind of halfway here. Um, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I disagree with a few things, and I think I, can, I may be able to prove this. When it yeah, comes, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, let, let's, I, I want to start with the last thing that you said first, right? People really like to malign the post office, and, you know, and, and the, the way it works is this way. I want the post office to be private so that companies like, I, this, I'm positing this is not what I really want. Some want the post office to be private because then it, you know, uh, you'd have the UPS, the FedEx, the DHL, and all these guys that deliver in a package and uh, et cetera. They want it to be private. So what, the, what Congress did is they really tried to kill the post office. Like they can't quite kill it because it's a constitutional agency. Okay, it's in the Constitution for the post office could never really go fully private because it's a constitutional entity. Unless it's a constitutional amendment, it couldn't change. That was probably a wrong thing for me to say. No, no, but no, 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 no. You you brought up a perfect example, actually. And let me tell you why, Jane, because the post office uh, is actually a very well run organization. Now, if you go to certain 
uh, certain places in Houston or Austin or New York or whatever, you have rude people that work there. But guess what? I go to FedEx, UPS store, uh, stores, and I get the same level of rudeness or goodness or, you know, good people, bad people at all these other places. But here's a big difference. The people at the post office make a darn good salary. They get good money. The people, they, 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 they get a higher wages, everything. And that money that they get that's higher wages mean that they can go to more restaurants. They can go to more things. They can do so much more because we pay them more. Okay? I spend more money they, in the economy. In the economy. And let me tell you the yeah. best thing about it, dear, my beautiful lady. Check this out. You can mail a letter from here to Hawaii for 59 cents or something like that. The cheapest you could mail a letter with a, with a UPS, a FedEx, or anything, it's five bucks. And it's yeah. one that's going to take forever to get there. So the private companies want the, they want the post office so that they can then monopolize on that kind of pricing that you have. Remember, the post office is not for profit. They were attempted to be killed by forcing them to put a whole lot of money into retirements that no other corporation has to do etc 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 so mm -hmm. no private company can send the letter across any part of the united states for 59 cents and get it there generally in one to three days it's amazing they you do a good job pay for it. <laughs> uh, no but what i'm saying 59 cents 59, yeah, 59 cents now right no yeah. uh, but other companies will do it only if you pay for it. So what I'm saying, I love yeah, but, the... But can you do that for oil and gas? I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. I wanted to get the easy one out of the way. Give up, you would have to give up their exploration. You have no, to no, give no, up no, their, no. Carbon, their carbon. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about yeah. that. We're going to talk about that. So the post office, we take care of doing that. Now let's take a look at oil companies now, right? I don't want to take away innovation, but we have this false belief that Innovation requires the, these companies to pay all to, for, to charge us all these high prices for gasoline, etc. Right? Let me give an it's example. It's not the company; it's the middleman. Uh, no, no, no! It's a company. It's a company that ultimate the, the capitalists in the system. Right? They here's how it works. You go ahead and you have a whole lot of oil in the market. You get you sell contracts for that oil, and then they it's can commodity, right? Right, and they can manipulate those commodities however they want. But there is a baseline price for the barrel of oil, right? And the right. corporations does benefit from that. And if you doubt it, look at Chevron, Exxon, and and no, the, no, no, no. I I did, I did, I right. know that. But they buy their oil from the people who drill for it now. It's not always Exxon. It's right, always I agree. It's, it's, it comes from overseas. I, I agree, I it agree. It comes from Russia. Russia right. donates one barrel yes. out of ten. Yes, I agree. But what, what I'm saying, uh, Sister Jane, is that what we have is they do have a lot of control on that pricing, okay? Okay, if you do. yes. You are going to have to take something else away. No, no, no. Let me let me let me and explain. This is what I looked in. This is what I looked into. If we nationalize the oil companies, mm -hmm. let's say Exxon, yes. Exxon Mobil, they're they're considered the biggest. Yes. Okay. If you take over yes. Exxon Mobil, yes. first of all, their profit making, yes. Okay. What do they do with their profits right now? Buyback stocks. Billions, billions of dollars that they're making. 
into climate control. Not true. And they're already working on it. Not fact, true. They're doing something in, in two more years, no, five yeah. years, mm-hmm. in 2017, and I forget what it is, they hope to have control Jane. over the carbon emissions. Sister Jane, let me, let me interrupt you a second. You've, you read all of this on the internet, right? Uh, some of it on the internet. Some of it was given to me by somebody who works with Exxon. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because here's what I want to tell you. I, I do a lot of internet. believe everything on the No, internet. no, I know. I do a lot of internet work, right? And, I, and, and after a while, we're, we're going to... I do a lot of work on the internet. And the most important thing on the internet is to get your keywords in. And the oil companies have paid tons of money to highlight... The art ancillary things that they do, and oh, you sure. and you pull it up first when when you go every, into every, I ignore those. Right, I know. So so what I'm saying is, look, the kind of nationalization I'm talking about is as follows. And maybe if I explained it, you would then say, ah, that's good. Exploration doesn't stop. None of those those functions stop at all. Those functions continue. Right. Remember what happens now is. Innovation doesn't occur by the people who are making the profits. Remember that. Think, and, and this is how they fooled us. We need to make big profits so that we can create good drugs. We need to cre- get big profits so that we can do more exploration. But then when we read the books on the drugs, it turns out that most of their money go into marketing and shareholder value. When we take a look at the, the, the Exxons of the world, we, it turns out that most of their, monies go, their profits go back into stock buybacks, advertising, and little of it actually. Mm, I mean, no, really. No. I, look, read the statement. Read the statements. Please do. And then you can come back with me. You can see that you, the research and development compared to marketing and shareholder and the monies that they take, the $55 billion profit that they take out for the shareholders. I agree. It goes to shareholders and people that have supported the company. Exactly. I agree. That, and now that's here's what I'm saying. of the picture. My, but here's what I'm saying, my dear friend. Here's, and this is important. Think about a model. Think about a model. Remember, oil is something that we don't have a choice of using. We have to use it. Therefore, a mother... We ha- you can buy an electric car. But still, ultimately, the, the, the plant that generates the, elect- the electricity for the car is going to be working on natural gas, coal, a, a large percentage that is. So, I mean, ultimately, we are still dependent on, on this oil. And, and for pharmaceuticals included, and, and plastics, all that kind of stuff, we're dependent on. But here's but what I'm saying. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying, Jane. I just want to make sure that we take out the excesses out of these companies who provide things that we must have to survive and national right. let me ask you who yeah. does the nationalization so who does it mm-hmm. okay right now as it turns out as I, politicians no 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 I, I well yes i mean ultimately everything is done by the politicians Congress. Yes, are the ones who have to yes. agree to nationalization. And what we do, you do, see that happening, Jane? If if what we do is done correctly, if we hire and elect the right people, it's a possibility, and that's why I that's why I am into the education why, business. What happened to uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders, the corporations got him knocked out. Bernie, Bernie, I tell you what, I'm going to have to go to the other caller, but Jane, I yeah, love... you will. Okay, thank no, no, you for having me. No, 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 me wait, 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 Jane, I don't, I don't, I want to let you down correctly. No. I want to let you down correctly. Uh, I appreciate, I want to tell you this first, I appreciate that after our program, 
you went, you went ahead and looked things up and could come back with a real substantive conversation. I, I want believe in several things. One, what's missing? Two, pros. That's and fine. Cons. Jane, I'm about and to let you go. Could you let me finish? Jane. Jane. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to let you off the air, but I need to give you your compliments first, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. I, I really appreciate that you went home and did some work, and also that we could sit down and continue this dialogue based on real information. That's all I'm asking all of us to do so that we can come out and elect better people and do better work, all right? I agree on that point, sir. Thank you for having me. You, you have a wonderful rest of your day, Jane. Johnny, come on in, Mr. Carson. Hey, I heard that shh now. Talk the to me. The soundboard is improving. Say that again? The soundboard sounds like it's improving. I heard that shh now. Yeah, we're getting, we're, 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 tr we're slowly, you know, hey, if you see Rico in there, hey, Rico, come on, tell me something, Rico. Rico is in there dancing after he's been doing a damn good job. Johnny, not Carson, I appreciate the compliment. I'm back here working my butt off, man. <laughs> we love us some Rico out here, man. And Howard is in the studio too, my good old brother here, Howard. How you doing, Howard? Good, good. Anyway, talk to me, Johnny. Oh, man, let's Oh, you too? I wonder if we have an issue why people are... Some, no, well, Jane didn't have her voice coming back. Jane was able to talk just fine. Anyhow, talk to me, talk to me Johnny. Okay. Uh, let me think. Maybe that's, yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's probably it. Emma? Yeah, can you hear me now? Johnny? He's probably still there trying to fight with his phone. All right, Johnny. Oh, Johnny, you're hitting your keys. <laughs> All right. Um, I tell you what, Johnny, I am going to put you on hold, and uh, I'm going to finish the essay, and then I'm going to continue uh, this, this thing, okay? Continuing. I explained. Uh, remember, the, the guy called, and he, he really got upset that I spoke about nationalization and et cetera. So I explained the fact that there was a... Ne there was never a petroleum shortage. The fact that Saudi Arabia took 2 million barrels of oil off of the market in November of 2022, along with much of what I explained in my article title, Exposed the Oil Scam the Corporate Oil Cartel Will Hate, Politics Done Right on Muslim Network TV, which I did a few months ago. We have tried healthcare and energy in the free markets. Whenever I talk about nationalization of industries that are vital, remember, I'm not talking about anything other than industries that are vital because I am a free enterprise person. I believe in private ownership of businesses. That's how you get great innovation and competition. But where things are not competed on, we don't compete for gasoline. We just need gasoline. We don't compete for healthcare. We just need healthcare. Those companies, if we have proven by what they're doing today that they have no right. But let's continue. We have tried healthcare and energy in the free markets. Whenever I talk about the nationalization of industries uh, that are vital, I do not say that lightly. Math and reality prove the need for change. The constancy of the inability of most of to build economic security is because those with price and power use our economic system to maximize what they can get out of us 
I extrapolated MSNBC's Ali Velshi's, a capitalist journalist, statement that healthcare does not work in the free market. In the same light, it does not work for energy either. The for-profit motive for products and services necessary for survival must be, at best, highly regulated. Still, in the case of healthcare and energy, it must go beyond regulations. Come on in, Johnny. Johnny, you're here. Yeah, I discovered that this new handset I have, this TNT, doesn't operate like Panasonic. Okay. Well, you're on now. Talk to me, Johnny. Norman. I'm trying to go my voice back at me. Okay. Um, I could see Jane is struggling. She's still on her journey of discovery. Yes. And that's a good thing, I guess. Jane is uh, a wonderful woman, yes. Yeah. Uh, first of all, she's confusing nationalism with socialism. I was, I was afraid that the next word out of her mouth was going to be, yeah, yeah, I'm for nationalists. And I was thinking of, you know who? Yes. Not from George, my great Taylor. Yes. She likes nationalism. As right. opposed to socialistic exclusion for capitalist problems. Human nature being what it is, you and I both know we have long in this country of, of economic abuses on people working class, at the workplace, in the uh. marketplace, every place of where there's little or no regulation. Right. And that's what basically. Socialism helps to stop. Even Hillary Clinton had hedge fund bunny herself, a royal blue pantsuit, up on the debate stage with Donald Trump. Today. Remember, she said, she admitted on national TV, said that every once in a while, problems of, uh, problems in that, but she said, uh, well, capitalism has to be uh, remedied or tamed. tamed from time to time by socialism. Right. So when we say we want to nationalize our mineral resources, what we're saying is we're going to stay and make a declaration that that is the property, the property belong to the people, and that the oil company executives will become our employees. Thank you. I mean, oh, let, let me stop. Johnny, Johnny I want to stop you right there because that's the idea. You see, we have, learned, we have been indoctrinated into believing that these oil companies own that oil and that by owning that oil, some, that somehow they have some God-given right to it and that somehow they innovate and create it. I want everybody to realize, anybody that's listening to my voice right now, know something that is very important. The universities that you paid for, the universities all of you paid for, educated that physicist, that chemist, that petroleum engineer with your money. And when and they, they went, when they, when they went to work for the oil companies, and have uh, uh, equipment to drill for oil, even though companies don't go by those rules, they they always look at the bottom line. Right. That's why we had the oil well blowout in the Gulf of Mexico for several days. Yes, yes. But anyhow, Johnny, I got some other lines coming on here, so I, I just want to say thank you for calling as usual. And you recommend? Uh, yes. I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we lost you, Johnny. We are having a few phone problems here. But anyhow, welcome to the show, Daniel Ledeau. Welcome to the show, Eric Hayes. Welcome to the show. Well, I think I saluted you already, Jules. Thank you guys for being here. I, I didn't get to all of your commentary, but uh, and Melissa Noble, welcome to the to Politics and Right. But I will eventually read all of them that, that you guys have out there. You know that I really cherish all the information that... All of you have to bring, even if you don't believe what I think is where we need to go. 
All right, before I get to the other caller, let me go ahead and continue with the essay. And of course, you can always get to the essay at our website. Um, anyhow, we have, we have tried healthcare and energy free markets. I read that already. We must stop believing the narrative coming from the corporations that continue to abuse us. Here are a few notables. I want you guys to hear these few notables. Venezuela is floating on the largest reserves of oil in the world. Yet, for political reasons, we turn a blind eye to Saudi Arabia, but not to Venezuela. Saudi Arabia are killing people, cutting people heads off, cutting people hands off. Hugo Chavez was a Marxist, socialist, or whatever it is that folks want to... Uh, let's see. Uh, anyhow, it looks like we're having a little bit of phone problems, folks. So please give us a call back. We'll try to get you on ear, we promise. We'll try to get you on ear, we promise. So, but somehow we can really hit up Venezuela, but not Saudi Arabia? Let me tell you, the case, I want to ask you guys a question. Why do you think that is? It's because, well, you know, we want total control of the oil in Venezuela, right? Think about it. I want you guys to think about when Venezuela became a problem. My Venezuelan brother is going to say otherwise. You know the guy that I brought in a few days ago. But we'll talk about it. And oil companies are making record profits on inflated prices on purported shortages that never materialize at the pump. It is legalized theft because they have pricing power on resources we must have. Who solves that? Let's bring Tori into the discussion. Come on in, Tori. Hey, Egberto. How are you doing, uh, brother? Yeah, quite an echo here in the uh, phones, but uh, I'll try to work through it. I'm going to get off the, uh, I'm not going to listen. Right, But I'll just good. list the problems as I see it with the oil companies. Uh, they're killing the biosphere with fossil fuels. Right. Two, they've lied about this for almost 50 years. Three, they concentrate wealth and foster oligarchy at home. Four, they work with death squad governments and kings and authoritarians and dictatorships all over the world to foster international oligarchy. And they are owned by wealthy investors and not owned by their employees or run democratically. They manipulate and corrupt state governments wherever they operate. They corrupt the national political process with campaign donations to thwart environmental legislation. And they've been privatized natural resources. Yeah, they're just evil. Hey, wait, Tori, can you hear me now? Yeah. Are you still hearing an echo? Uh, the echo's off now. Okay, great. The echo is off now. All right. Well, let, let, let me ask you something, Toru. Did you write all that stuff down before you articulated in th that, that, those bullet points? Because, yeah. Let me tell you why. Because that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I write, my okay. essay, I write my essays in the mornings when I, before I come to the show. And you told me once, wow, you're writing that every day. Well, guess what? You are calling into the show and you're writing the talk. I love you guys, but I got the best listeners on this damn planet, period. Anyway, anyhow, anything else you want to Keep add to me that? me from term? mumbling. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Anything else you want to add to? Hey, Melissa Noble gives you some thumbs up, some everything that's possible. And we have Y24ME57 who says, good afternoon. Love the exchange with Jane. She's done a lot of deep thinking. Hope she will call back on another show. Jane is a wonderful woman. She actually listens and she's willing to entertain a conversation. She doesn't agree with me 100%, but she at least gave some of what we're talking about some, some you know, reason to go home. Well, she's home. Reason to do a little bit more thinking. 
YT4ME57 also says, the oil companies are drilling on public lands and waters and making profits that aren't transferring to the public, which is true. We need anything that comes from our lands should belong to the commons. And that is what and we democratically manage. Exactly. You know, Demo- we need to set the price for oil. Because uh, we ex- need to limit it. Exactly. But, Tori, Tori, let me stop you there. Because here's the thing, Tori. We have to, Americans, we are so indoctrinated that we don't see that that should be our right. Right? They're, they're, the first thing that they did is they said government is bad. And, and the corporatocracy, after the Powell Manifesto, kept on throwing it at you. Government is bad. Government is bad. Government is bad. Government is bad. So what you get inculcated in your mind is that government is bad. And then government starts to act bad because if government is bad and you act, elect bad people, you get government that is bad. Right? So uh, we have to start remembering what our government is supposed to be. We the people. We the people. And if we remember it's we the people and take responsibility for those that we put in there who are directing our lives, then things start to change. You listen to well, some. Well, we know things are going to change last yes. in Texas. You know, before that, things are changing in California. They're yes. going to go to these, you know, better standards. Right. But even before that, it's Germany because yes. they don't have any options. They don't it's have amazing how Germany changed. Texas. Yes, you're they right. They don't have oil wealth. Right. And so. You know, they've developed something that's basically solid hydrogen. Right. It's come out of a German lab like a little over a year ago. Right. And this is stable at 180 degrees. It doesn't have to be refrigerated. It's going to eliminate gas stations. There you go. You know, and so, you know, the Germans, you know, keep an eye on Germany because they're going to have a solid hydrogen cars before anybody. That is, you know, that you is buy great. You can at the, at the corner store. That you is know, great. install it in your, you know, Tesla battery hybrid hydrogen car. Anyway, have a good one. Hey, thank you very much for calling in, Tori. You you have a great day. Anyway, folks, I'm coming uh, close to the end of the portion of the essay that I'm going to finish reading. And you guys can always go to the website and read read the entire essay for the show. I make sure and spend some time preparing an essay for the show so that we always have something researched to talk about. And so uh, let's see. Did these companies take their record profits and invest in alternative energy sources or foster innovations? Nope. Many bought back stocks, as I have mentioned before, obscene profits by oil companies and big pharma do not generate innovation. The innovators are not the ultra-rich. I repeat, the innovators are not the ultra-rich. You see see how we are indoctrinated? We are taught to believe that Bezos is that all-so-powerful. He's so innovative. Bill Gates is so innovative. No, the ultra-rich knows how to use the innovation of others and profit on it. Example, Bill Gates, nice guy, putting his money, giving all his money away, or giving all of the money we gave him away. So he took the power from us with the money, and he is going to give it away. He is going to decide who to give that money to. But let's remember this. How did Microsoft start? It started in a little company in Washington who had a CPM-type application. Bill Gates had capital. His daddy is rich. He took $50,000 in the 70s. None of us, that's a lot of money then. And he goes ahead and he looks at this guy and says, Hey, man, I love your software. $50,000, it's yours. 
He buys that software for 50000 He has connections at IBM. IBM just came out with this little computer called the PC that they thought wasn't going to go anywhere. And IBM said, okay, we need an operating system for this PC. Bill Gates said, I got one, I got one. He took the innovation of that guy in Washington State. I think it was Washington or Oregon, one of those two. Took the innovation from that guy. He goes ahead and tells IBM, hey, I got something for you. IBM says, okay, we'll buy it from you. He says, oh, no, 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 I'll license it to you. IBM thinks this stuff isn't going to last long, so why own some property so they say, okay, we'll license PC-DOS to you. He goes ahead, and by the way, PC-DOS, I have the code of all that kind of stuff, was lousy software when it comes to how it was built, okay? But anyway, and the, and the, the BIOS that IBM had for its first, horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. But anyway, this was all new, new time in the late 70s, early 80s. So, uh, so he licensed it to him. So he starts to make his money all through these licensing deals and all of that. He then writes a paper, because software was something that we used to do, I was writing software from the times we used to write software with ones and zeros, okay? I, I used to do patch panel programming at the University of Texas. Anyhow, he comes out now and he says, wait a minute. We created, vis not Visual Basic, but Basic and all this stuff. And other people put it all, all this software that he took public domain software and built stuff with. And then he writes a paper to the software, in, to the software, all of us that, that form part of, I forgot what we used to be called. It's a big software consortium, right, of, of independent software guys. And he says, we need to stop giving away software. And software is something that everybody should uh, pay for. And, you know, he starts to build his wealth. But again, his wealth was not built on solely his innovation. It was built on the innovation of many. And everything out there, is built on the innovation on most people that don't get paid constantly for it. They invent it once, a corporation takes it, and the corporate class takes the money. And you get paid once as an engineer, as a physicist, as a whatever. So don't sit down and believe that you are responsible for spending and making, paying high prices for there to be better drugs, for there to be better anything. Because the people who invent, the people who innovate, they get paid once. Most of them do. Yes, some of them will have stock options, but most of them get paid once. But nobody has to ask them for innovation. So let me read the last paragraph as I only have two minutes. Did the, these companies take their record profits and invest in alternative energy sources or foster innovations? No. Many brought back, bought back stocks. As I have mentioned before, obscene profits by oil companies and big pharma do not generate innovation. The innovators are not the ultra-rich. They are you and me who love innovating. And we are, in the aggregate, paid for our innovations one time as the parasitic executives are paid by our creations repeatedly as they gouge the masses. When will we get from under the indoctrination? When will we will out our docility? When will our docility cease? When will we elect those who have our interests at hand? It starts like this. We inform everyone and encourage those we encounter to land in a better place. There are two articles from Common Dreams down below in this, in this essay that I want you to read. I don't have the time to get into that right now, but I just want to thank all of you that are listening right now, all of you that are calling right now, all of you that are chatting right now on the, in our chat room and having a healthy conversation. Thank you for being here. 
let me warn again. Let's not fall. Let's not fall for the indoctrination. If you want to have an economic future, those of you who really want to have control of your economic future, we have to disengage from the indoctrination that we are here in America being adapting based on the Powell memo, the Powell manifesto written by who? Lewis Powell, who later became the Supreme Court judge. We have to get away from that. We have to believe in ourselves. We have to be real. We have to go out there and execute. Anyway, I'm getting close to the end of my program. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.